I can still see him now running around the sanctuary. Still see him holding hands, pointing to people. I met Robert Gedalia when my family moved into the building that he and his wife Randy, I hope is watching but might not be, were living in and are living in. And anybody that knew Robert knew that Robert was the mayor of the building, he was the mayor of the block. Robert was a remarkable light. Robert Gedalia was a speaking coach. He coached people on public speaking. He and his wife Randy, a company called Speaking for Results, and I always remember Robert coming down to me after a sermon and just waiting here by the Bima, and he'd just look at me and be like, I like that. That was good. Or other things he would say. We're going to be paying tribute to Robert, who succumbed to the cancer that he fought valiantly for many years. We'll be paying tribute to him next Thursday, December 19th, at the Redeemer Church on 83rd Street. That information went out in an email, and we'll continue to keep you all posted, those of you who knew Robert. But one of the things about Robert was that he... He loved that song, Sanctuary Song, and Lisa Kish. Remarkable, beautiful young woman who passed away this week as well, whose only dream in life said her husband Theo was to be a mother and that dream wasn't granted to her but Lisa also Lisa loved that song we sang it today at her funeral Lisa Joy Kish she brought joy to each and every one of those who knew her Lisa was a remarkable human being these two lights within our community had something remarkable in common and that is that no matter what they were going through no matter whom they were with when you left them you left with some kind of something a gift like a contact high You were with them and and they reflected back to you the best of who you are and who you could be and one felt in their presence, I often felt in their presence like I was in the presence of an angel. As if after leaving them, instead of my comforting them, I was comforted. Instead of supporting them, I had been supported. I remember the last text that um, 
I sent to Robert a couple of weeks ago when he told us that the cancer had returned. He wrote back and said, cancer's back doing chemo, but how are you? <laughs> and I remember writing back and saying, uh, <laughs> Robert, you know, we love you. And he wrote back, love received. And then he wrote, it's going to be good. This week has been torrential. Wave after wave after wave of loss in concentric circles of loss. Our community's loss. The broader Jewish community's loss. The loss of the even broader community here on the Upper West Side of Manhattan with the loss of Tessa Majors who was murdered. The broader national climate of suspicion and justified rage and and it, I stopped for a moment to, to catch my breath today and I thought to myself who knows this kind of trial after trial after trial tribulation after tribulation after tribulation tragedy after tragedy after tragedy who might have that kind of story and might I learn something from that person's story? Who could I think of in our tradition, in our spiritual canon, in our religious narratives that might have that kind of life? And of course, we're in the story of that person. Our people are reading the sacred stories of a man named Jacob, who last week was running away from a brother who wanted to kill him, who spent 20 years then in the house of a father-in-law who tricks him cruelly out of marrying the woman that he loves at first sight named Rachel and instead replaces that love, that beloved, with Leah. Jacob, who will work for his father-in-law for meager wages, who will wait to hear from his mother, Rebecca, to send to him to come home. Jacob, who is at the beginning of this week's Parsha, at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, sending messengers out, scouts, to see what's up with his brother Esau and finds that not only is Esau not in the mood necessarily to make amends, but is on the march to meet Jacob with 400 armed men. And Jacob is terrified. This Jacob, who then wrestles with a mysterious being, will be renamed and no sooner is he renamed than his daughter Dina in, this, in tomorrow morning's Parsha will be raped the brothers will destroy the city of Shechem Simon and Levi and then Jacob will eventually lose even his beloved Rachel before coming home to bury his father Isaac. All of that tomorrow. 
Not to mention next week, where Jacob will try to finally find some peace, and then the Joseph narrative will begin. Jacob's life is full of bits and pieces, fragments, bursts of tragedy. And it's punctuated tomorrow morning with two moments that I want to bring that teach me something about where the Torah might hold me tonight and you. I said that Jacob's life is really about becoming Yisrael. That tomorrow morning, Jacob will wrestle with his demons. He'll wrestle with an angel or a mysterious being. And upon wrestling with this Ish, this being that the rabbis call his archangel, his brother, but of course, clearly, Jacob learning to become someone who confronts and doesn't run. Someone who wrestles before he releases. Someone who fights before he flees. And that happens. And indeed, he succeeds in holding off the angelic messenger, whomever this is. He doesn't leave unscathed because working with our demons always leaves us more whole, but limping a little bit because that wound was always there. And so the Torah tells us tomorrow morning that Jacob, as he's alone and then wrestles and succeeds, and as the sun is finally coming up on Jacob, he gets a new name. And the name is Yisrael. You are Israel. Yisrael, says the angel. Because you know the first mode of evolution. You wrestled, you came to terms, you hugged, you embraced, you faced to faced. You got a new name, says the Torah, because of your willingness to change a reality by facing it. That's your name. But Jacob's not done. We would think at that moment, okay, everybody, and that's usually where the narrative in most circles, right? Hey, he got his new name. Now it's going to be honky-dory. But as I said, it's not. The Dina story. And then in chapter 35, a strange moment in the text that I just want you to listen in deeply with me. Because when I heard it and read it again and again, it gave me hope. And Jacob comes back to a place called Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, the house of El, the house of God. He brought with him his entire retinue. That was the place where he had left, where he had had the vision of the angels when he left his parents' home. He stops there. And now Devorah, Deborah, Meneket Rivka, the nursemaid of Rebecca, his mother, dies. Vatikaver mitachat lebeit el tachat haalon, and she was buried there in Beit El, underneath an oak tree. Vaikra shmo alon bechut, and the name of this place was then called Alon bechut, the tree of weeping. The Torah barely describes the death of the matriarchs. 
The Torah, with its terseness and laconic way, barely touches on the patriarch's death, except in a nu- with Sarah, with Abraham, and all of a sudden, a maid servant, a wet nurse, whose name has never appeared in the Torah, appears in this of all parshiot, in this of all portions. Not only will Isaac die and Rachel will die, but a woman who's never been introduced to us by name before. And all of a sudden, the Torah, at this moment, as Jacob arrives back where he began his journey after having wrestled and got a name, we stop this broadcast to let you know about a small bit character in the story named Deborah, who was the wet nurse for Jacob's mom, Rebecca. And she's buried under an oak called the weeping oak tree. And then something strange happens. God appears to Jacob in the very next verse and God does something that already took place. And God appears to Jacob and says to him, Shimcha Yaakov, your name is Jacob, lo Shimcha od Yaakov. You will never be known as Jacob again, for you will be known as Yisrael. Vayikrashmo Yisrael. God names Jacob at this moment. God names Jacob for the second time, tells him he will no longer be called Jacob, he will be called Yisrael. God doesn't give him a reason for it. And Jacob's Devorah, the wet nurse of Rebekah, has just died. If one looks into the sources to try to find out why is Devorah here and what's the connection to naming again, one will find the simplest and most elegant answer, which is there is no reason. It's a fragment. It should have been mentioned earlier in the Torah. Maybe it's mentioned here because Beit El was near a place called Alon Bachut, the tree of weeping. If one looks at the Midrashim, the rabbis say the name Alon Bachut, which means oak tree of weeping or weeping oak tree, speaks to two deaths that took place here. Not only did Devorah die, but Rebekah too. Jacob's mom had died and he got news at the same time. Talk about piling it on. And so here we have a wrestler who refused to release. We have a wrestler who came face to face and honored. And we have somebody who finally stops. And in his stopping here at the place where he began, he feels the grief of his life. Not just his mother's death, but the one who nursed his mother. He feels the place in him that was torn from his home his mother also leaving her home, the whole catastrophe comes and visits Jacob at this moment. And weeping and grieving, not wrestling, not resisting, but accepting. At this moment, Jacob learns the Torah of what it is when evening falls so hard and what you need most is not a new answer not a new plan not an op-ed when what you need most is someone to come along and tell you I see you 
I see your new name. I see your new place. You are Yisrael. You are the one who wrestled. But you can also be the one who cries. You can also be the one who lets go into. The one who is not always seeking answers but accepting paradox too. Each of these modes, the seeking mind that works to make peace and the confused heart that works to find peace. Both of those must live in someone named Yisrael. The Midrash tells us that when God gave him his name, Amar Rabbanan, the rabbis say, Higidlo bracha shel nechama. That God gave Jacob at this moment in his naming a blessing of comfort. He said to him, cry, Jacob. Cry for your mother's unlived life. Cry for the unlived life of her maidservant, her wet nurse. Cry for the running. Cry for the brother whom you are estranged from. Cry for the father whom you will never see until you bury him. Cry, Jacob. And in this way, what a gift God gave him, preparing him to cry, of course, for his beloved Rachel, who in a number of verses will also pass during childbirth. In New Jersey, there are families crying. They might look differently than liberal Jews on the Upper West Side or in California or in Florida, wherever that might be, but there are brothers and sisters crying and wanting nechama, wanting comfort, wanting us to sit with them at their oak tree of weeping. We should pay them a visit. Their family of a police officer slain in a cemetery. We can reach out a hand. Or an amazing young man who worked in that kosher marketplace from Ecuador whose family needs our support as they bury him back in Ecuador. We can help. There's weeping here on the Upper West Side. And there will be resistance and there will be protest and there will be all manner of Yisraeling and there should be about how we might come together as a community to understand how something as horrific as this could have taken place in our backyard and there are friends and family who are crying and we come to give them a blessing to sit with them in their tears there is Lisa and her family and Theo, who is now surviving, and there are Shiva Minyanim tomorrow night and Sunday and every day this week. There are an opportunity for us to sit as God did and to remind them, Yisrael, you are one who knows the power of hope. And there is, of course, our beloved Robert and Randy who needs our support, who needs us to be there for her. 
in a story about Jacob in which most of the time we focus on the name that he got that reminded us that he could struggle for meaning and he could strive for purpose and he was a God wrestler. We have another name given. The same God wrestler was also known as Israel after he cried, after he let it come in, after he acknowledged his loss. He was still Israel. And so I, I find hope in this. I find hope in being called tonight and every day as a Jew and as a person of spirit to be a bridge over troubled waters for people. To be a bridge. Y'all sing with me, okay? We sing together. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll drop them all. I'm on your side.